In Florida Ag and Review for the week of June 3rd, we had this report from USDA's Gary Crawford regarding exports. Back in November of last year, agriculture department forecasters thought this fiscal year's ag exports would hit $145 billion. Three months later, they trimmed it down. Exports are forecast at a record $142 billion. But this week, they've trimmed the forecast again from 142 down to $139.5 billion. USDA's chief economist Joe Glauber telling us much of that decline is coming from one crop in particular. Corn exports are down considerably. Back in February, we were looking at corn exports around almost $8 billion. Uh, that's down to about $6 billion right now, and a lot of that's volume. Corn shipments now expected to be 19.5 million tons, down 4.5 from the February forecast. Globber blaming low supplies and high prices for that corn decline. And wheat also down about 2 million tons. But still, $139.5 billion of total ag exports would be a record and leave farmers with a trade surplus of $28.5 billion. And with his thoughts on a recent repeal of an energy mandate in our state, we have this report with Ag Commissioner Adam Putnam. Well, even though Governor Rick Scott has approved the repeal of the 2008 Florida Renewable Fuel Standard Act, which required most gasoline to include nearly 10% ethanol in the state, Agriculture Commissioner Adam Putnam says that he doesn't expect anything to change. The simple fact is there's still a federal mandate on ethanol. And so I think it's important to, to manage expectations about what will result from uh, that the new legislation, which is that uh, the vast majority of fuel sold in the state of Florida will continue to be blended. And, uh, and, and that federal mandate is, is the reason for that. And that's not expected to change anytime soon. When Florida passed a state mandate, it, it didn't change the makeup of the fuel blends inside the state because there was already a federal mandate, and repealing it will not change the makeup of fuel blends in the state either. And as for the repeal creating a possible backlash from the renewable energy industry, Putnam says he's no longer concerned with that possibility since the renewable sector has already pulled away for other reasons. Uh, there have been several high-profile um, private sector decisions to walk away from biofuel investments in the state of Florida because, not because of anything related to Florida, but because the sector itself, the private capital, has essentially gravitated to the revolution in fracking and natural gas development. Putnam adds that the department remains committed to a diverse array of energy options. And given that we are a state with a year-round growing season, uh, the technology in biofuels eventually will give Florida a competitive advantage in that space. And regarding an issue that is concerning many in the livestock sector, Randall Wiseman had this. Congress was in recess last week, but many are expecting a busy one this week as senators and congressmen are returning. One issue the National Cattlemen's Beef Association has been working on is an amendment to the 2013 Farm Bill that would prevent the Environmental Protection Agency from releasing personal information on cattlemen and women. NCBA Deputy Environmental Counsel Ashley McDonald explains what this amendment is about. The amendment that was introduced by Senators Grassley of Iowa and Senator Donnelly of Indiana actually would prevent EPA from releasing the personal information of producers um, that they gather as part of their Clean Water Act authorities. 
And this is extremely important to the cattle industry because we saw in February exactly what EPA will do with this information, which is they will release it under a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, will release it to environmentalist groups that have activist agenda. Um, we saw 80,000 producers have their information released, their name, their address, their phone numbers, their email, to three activist groups in February. And so the amendment is in an effort to address this concern that EPA doesn't have the statutory authority to protect producers' personal information. McDonald encourages cattle producers to contact their senators about this issue. Call it, find out their office number and call them directly and urge them to support the Grassley-Donnelly Amendment to the Farm Bill. There is also a way you can log into the beefusa.org website and find the CAPWIS alert that will actually send a letter to both of your senators from you. And it, it says uh, basically the same thing, that, that you would urge them to vote for the Grassley-Donnelly Amendment. The amendment is currently part of the Senate's version of the 2013 Farm Bill. And we will wrap up with these thoughts regarding this week's anniversary of D-Day. June 6th is the 69th anniversary of D-Day, and while we salute and remember all of those who fought, we also want to take the time to commemorate those behind the scenes, like our nation's farmers, who ensured that those fighting were ready to fight, ready to produce, ready to do whatever was needed because uh, they were well fed. In fact, USDA historical expert Ann Eflin says that farmers played a critical role in the entire war effort. As 30 months before the invasion, President Roosevelt told American farmers, You have a most grave responsibility to the nation now and for the duration of this war. And Eflin says U.S. farmers rose to that challenge despite some difficult circumstances. There were restrictions on use of rubber and steel, which affected use of farm machinery. So there was a lot of effort to help farmers understand how to better repair machinery that they already had, to share machinery around um, different regions to be sure there was enough. But of course, the biggest shortage was labor, with many farmers being drafted to fight. So there were efforts to mobilize women, rural women, and bring in women from urban areas to mobilize high school boys and girls to work on the farms. And efforts to guide farmers to grow things better suited for wartime. Oil seed crops, for example, that could be good livestock feed and provide oil, which was also could be used for industrial purposes to overcome some of our shortage of oil because that's a heavily used material for the armed forces. And because of all these efforts, President Roosevelt was able to tell the nation, There is enough food today for all of us and enough left over to send to those who are fighting with us. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.